previously on Winglings, me and M were captured aboard the Luna Queen ship. We practiced combining our pixie power and changing dark pixie to light. The Luna Queen was trying to find out the location of the pixie knots, but we hadn't seen them. One of the Queen's Lunas alerted her to an approaching ship, but not just any old ship, a ship with a giant leaf sail. And now for episode six, Roses on the Water. The Purple Rocket Podcast presents Winglings and the Fairy Kings. There are many devious punishments Lunas have been known to use on their prisoners, but nothing quite compares to the cruelty of tying you up to your little sister. Em and I sat back to back in the dark hull of the Luna Queen ship, tied together by smoke rope. The cord was cold on my skin. I could see that it was nothing but smoke, but it felt strong and firm against me. The more we struggled against it, the tighter it became. I can't reach it, Em cried. Reach what? My wing! It itches the high pixie! Can you get it? No, I'm not going to itch your wing. Why not? Come on, Will. Please. Please, 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 please. All right, all right. Hold still. I bent my hand up and tried to scratch her wing. A little higher... To the left. Oh, you're almost there. I said you're almost there. I can't reach it. I gave up. Em thought for a moment. Maybe if we roll, your wings will scratch up against mine and... Will you let it go? We've got bigger problems to worry about right now. I listened to the voices above. What are they saying? Em whispered. I listened more intently. I could hear Lunas clamoring about on deck. They were hissing at each other, and a few of them were arguing. Whatever it was that was approaching, it was making them nervous. I can't tell, but they're spooked. Oh, great. Must be Tim. Em shuddered at the thought of coming face to face with the Dark One. She wriggled some more, making the smoke rope tighten. Will you stop that? I said. Em stopped. Don't you have enough light to break free? I doubt it. The queen's smoke cloud's been draining me. Here, let me give you some of mine. Em took hold of my hands, and I could feel her pushing Pixie through her fingers into mine. It wasn't much. I'd used twice as much to cast very simple spells. But it was all we had. I took deep breaths, swirled our pixie together, and whispered, Quartra. The smoke rope didn't break, but I felt it weaken its hold. 
The wispy cord became thinner. I nodded to it. You push that way, I'll push this way. Ready? Go! We pulled away from each other and poof! The rope broke like a dissipating smoke ring. I quickly flew over to the door and aimed every ounce of pixie I had left at the door's lock. Ignitus! The keyhole sparked and a thin trail of smoke seeped out. I pulled on the door and it opened. I looked at M. Didn't know that spell would work for that. What do you normally use it for? Controlling fire? M looked at the little lock unimpressed. That was your fire spell? I told you I didn't have much juice left. You saw the spark. It did the job. Yeah, yeah, so it did. Come on, let's see what the ruckus is about. We crept up the stairs and peeked out over the deck. Lunas were fluttering about, manning the black, gargoyle-tipped cannons and getting ready for battle. Their queen looked just as frazzled. She was flying back and forth across the ship, screeching commands and fixing her hair when she had a spare second. I could see the approaching ship through the railing. My eyes widened. I ducked back into the stairwell next to M with a big stupid grin on my face. What? What is it? M asked impatiently. The Jolly Leafer. Up on deck, the Luna Queen watched as the leaf-sailed boat sailed up next to them. Her sinister grin turned to a frown. There wasn't a single soul on board. Hold your fire, she shouted flying up onto the rail for a better look. The two ships sailed alongside one another. The Jolly Leafer's wide green sail practically glowed in the sunlight, and the Lunar ship's fuzzy sails billowed with smoke. The Lunar Queen whispered a spell, and a long, smoky whip grew from her hand. A couple of the Lunars down below were arguing about who got to man the cannon. You got to fire it last time, one of them hissed. This cannon is my post, snarled the other. He's not. The two started fighting over the cannon, flapping, scratching, scuffling, until... Kaboom! A black spiked cannonball fired out of the muzzle, whistled through the air, and... It whistled right back at the lunar ship and stuck to the side of the hole. Luna heads poked out of their battle stations and looked over the railing down at the cannonball. A long red spear stuck out of it. The Luna Queen stared down at it in horror. She glanced back up at the Jolly Leafer just in time to see an entire legion of rose fairies flying off its deck accompanied by a thunderous war cry. Their hair was long and dark. Their armor, wings, and eyes were a deep red charged the lunar ship and fell upon the lunars with their long spears. The lunars tried to fight back with their spiked weapons, but they were no match for the rose fairies. Swift, poised, and incredibly strong, the roses jabbed and threw their spears with precision and power. One rose fairy batted away a charging lunar, sending it flying back into the main mast. Another rose threw his spear into a lunar, instantly making red roses bloom from its chest before it tumbled back and splashed overboard. The lunars tried to fire their cannons at the Jolly Leafer, but the roses rammed their spears into the muzzles before they could fire. 
A few of them fired anyway, exploding and sending Lunas flying. The only Luna that managed to put up much of a fight was the Luna Queen herself. She breathed thick bursts of poisonous smoke, knocking out roses mid-flight, their limp bodies falling into the water. A couple more Rose soldiers found themselves caught in a smoke whip and were flung against the ship. One of them crashed right next to our hiding spot. We need to get to our weapons, I said, eyeing the Queen's room across the deck. Okay, Em tried to calm herself. I'll follow your lead. I waited for a Rose soldier to whack two Lunas overboard and fly off. Now! We flew out of the stairwell and headed for the Queen's quarters. We were almost to the door when... Whoosh, the Queen's smoke whip lashed out, wrapped around us, and pulled us tight together. Going somewhere? She hissed. Hand over hand, she started pulling the whip toward her, making a slide across the deck. Just before we were within arm's reach, something shot out and wrapped itself around her whip was so white it glowed. With a hard tug, it yanked on the Queen's whip, sending us spinning until we had completely unraveled. I stumbled dizzily. My vision teetered. I could see three figures flying up onto the deck. The three blurry figures became one as my vision cleared. It was an older-looking fairy with a stern face, a braided grey beard, and a braided grey ponytail adorned with coins and beads. His eyes were velvet, his eyebrows curled, his armor a glorious red. A white cloak billowed behind him. Magborn. He stood on the ship's railing, his enchanted rope coiling itself back into his hand. In his other hand was a beautiful white sword. Its blade glistened with light. A thin wisp of smoke trailed its every move. Max! I shouted. Magborn hopped down onto the deck and slowly walked toward the Luna Queen. Several Luna soldiers charged. Krushna! Magborn said with a stomp. Woodboard splintered upward out of the deck, launching three of the Lunas overboard. A couple more flew at him. Magborn blocked their blows easily. His white Zaxlin twirled and cut through the air in a blur. With a leaping spin, he sliced off their head wings, and the two pathetic creatures crawled away. Wild-eyed with fear, the Luna Queen fled in the chaos, abandoning her ship and her soldiers. Em and I ran into a room and dug around for our weapons and supplies. Outside, one last Luna Guard, one that was twice the size of the rest, ran at Magborn with a club. Magborn whipped his white rope, and it wrapped around the minion. He gave it a tug and the rope tightened, making Luna's jelly rolls protrude from the gaps in the cord. Another hard tug and the creature was thrown overboard. Seeing their fiercest soldier defeated, the remaining Lunas lowered their weapons and surrendered. Em and I burst out of the Queen's quarters, Zaxlin's held high. My battle cry died off. Magborn raised a curly eyebrow at me and rested both hands on the hilt of his axlin. Little late to the party, aren't we, Scrub? I looked around. Where's the Luna Queen? 
Hello to you too. Where'd she go? Magborn flew over to me. She's gone, Scrub. Flew away like the wee little gnat that she is. What's this? He lifted my long hair with the blade of his axlin. It's my beautiful hair, I said, tossing it out of harm's way. Magborn winced. Oh, please let me cut it. It doesn't suit you. No! Just a little trim, boy. I'm not gonna scalp ya. Hold still. I said no! The roses and lunas around us exchanged looks. Fine. Look like a ninny for all I care. There was a long pause, and then both of us gradually smiled. I gave him a hug. Good to see you, Mags. Good to see you too, Scrub. And who's this? You brought the little pretty wing with ya. <clears throat> I cleared my throat and nodded to M. What's wrong with your neck? I shook my head and gestured to M's orange hair. Scrub, is this some daffodil game you're... He gasped. White my pixie. Emerald? M pulled her hair out of her face and smiled. Hello. Nice to meet you, Magborn. Magborn scratched his beard. Will barking bass. When your daft council kept telling me that Will was away and that you were running things, I kept picturing a wee fairyling squawking orders. But you, look how you've grown. I'm pretty sure the last time we were on a boat together, you puked all over me beard. Sorry about that, Em laughed. Who could forget that hair like pixie fire? Ah, that's what I'll call you. Fire. Mags chuckled to himself. Fire and scrub. Come on then, back to the leafer. Mags ordered his men to tie up the lunar prisoners and leave them on their boat, and then led the way back to his ship. He was good to be back on the jolly leafer. There was a familiar smell to it that I'd almost forgotten. The wood smelled sweet when it was wet, and the giant leaf sails smelled like the forest, a little piece of home on the water. Its beautiful veins fanned out like tree branches. I kept glancing up at it as Mags led us to his chambers. Just as I remembered, the spacious room was immaculate. All of the furniture and decorations were thoughtfully positioned throughout the space. Leather wingback chairs huddled around a circular table made of thick twisted roots. Wood chandeliers, dusted and free of cobwebs, hung with lit pixie candles. And on the far wall... Of course, was the living map. Mags poured the three of us goblets of summer berry juice and handed them out. I took a drink and it was amazing. Judging by M's smacking lips, she was enjoying it too. I've been looking for you, Will, Magborn said, taking a swig from his goblet. <sighs> My spies tell me you're never in Emerald Creek anymore. You have spies? We're kings, Will, and every king needs a spy. See, if you weren't so busy hiding, I'd be able to tell you these things. I scoffed. I haven't been hiding. He's been hiding, M confirmed before quickly taking another sip. I glared at her. Have I taught you nothing? Magborn said sternly. Leaving your sister to do your dirty work. 
I hope you have a good reason to fly off like that. I do. I, I, I needed some space. Magborn folded his arms and frowned. Go on. After the Battle of Emerald Creek, everyone in my clan treated me differently. It was like they were all afraid I'd blast them away with some powerful spell. Did you threaten them? Of course not. I hardly spoke to anyone at all. That's likely part of your problem. Magborn took another sip. I realized I wasn't any good at the boring stuff anyway, so I... I took leave. I found creatures in distress and tried to help in other ways. Magborn gulped the rest of his drink and set the goblet down on the table. You flew away from your responsibilities. There was a long silence. I felt my stomach twist into knots. I could take criticism from Ma and Dad just fine, but for whatever reason when Magborn said it, it cut deep. The boring stuff, Scrub, is the important stuff. Being a king isn't about flying around the kingdom, fighting off minions and waving a banner in triumph. That's basically what you just did out there, I mumbled. Is it? Do you see me and my soldiers doing a victory lap? You don't have a pig swallow's clue what I've been doing up to this point, Scrub. Months uniting clan leaders to strategize together, to push back the dark together. I've also been settling conflicts within my own clan. Disagreements that seem innocent enough on the surface, but can quickly fester into dangerous disputes if left untreated. Kings aren't born to be legendary heroes, Will. We're born to be humble servants. So tell me, who have you served lately other than yourself? I swallowed. Looking back over the last few years, I couldn't think of very many people I'd helped. Sure, I'd intervened when I'd come across someone in distress, but the truth was, I'd spent much of my time seeing the places I'd never seen. Hunting, fishing, relaxing, interacting with as few fairies as possible. He served me, Em said, setting down a goblet. Will's been training me how to wield Pixie. Magborn looked at me surprised. Is this true? It is. He looked at Em. And how is the training coming along? Em held out her hand, closed her eyes, and summoned Pixie. Her skin aglow, she opened her eyes and blurted, Nana Caspra! Her goblet split apart like a banana on the table. Magborn raised his eyebrows at it and then looked up at her. I really like that goblet. Uh, oh, uh, I'm sorry, I just wanted to... Magborn laughed. I'm impressed, Fire. I see your radiance hasn't dimmed. He nodded to M's swords. Zaxlins? M touched their handles and nodded. Sister Blades, Gwyneth and Gila. Femrir Nightcast, the forger, summoned them for me. Femrir's still alive, you see. I'm surprised that bag of bones hasn't become a Zaxlin himself by now. He looked at me. At least you're doing right by your sister, Scrub. That much hasn't changed. How did you find us? I asked. My spies got wind of your capture. 
I set out with a legion of soldiers as soon as I heard it. Not hard to track down a Luna ship. Those head-flapping ninnies leave a thick billowing trail of smoke everywhere they go. Where were you two headed? We're going after Tim, I said. I assume you've heard he's the new Dark One. Magborn sighed. Ah, that I did. I underestimated that toad. Everyone did, M added. Mags pointed between me and M. So you two were going to fight your little fairy hearts out against the entire Dark Army, were ya? I threw up my hands. Why does everyone assume we're going to try and fight every minion off by ourselves? Magborn gestured around the room. Where's your help, Will? Where are the alliances you've been working hard to form? Oh, that's right. You haven't any. You don't have a plan other than to fly after your best friend, hoping to Mother Moon you can talk him out of it. Is that it? I looked at the ground. Magborn stepped closer. We work together, Will. You, me, anyone who will join the cause. We need all the help we can get. We've been to the Fruit Fairies and the Tulip Clan, I said. It's not good. The dark has all but consumed them. Tim and his minions have been trying to collect these. I pulled the Shadow Stones from the pack. I'd taken them back while in the Luna Queen's quarters. As soon as they were out in the open, the lights in the room dimmed. Shadow Stones, Magborn spat. He rubbed his forehead. Of course. You know of them? Emerald asked. Why are they hidden throughout the kingdom? Magborn gazed into the dark rocks. Oi. There was a time when Pixie was scarce in all of Ferrydom. They were hard times. Food wouldn't grow. Clans grew weak. A single storm would wipe out half a kingdom because they didn't have the Pixie strength to withstand it. So they turned to Shadowstones. Solid dark pixie that carried impressive power, enough to help the clan survive for a time. But there were consequences. It didn't take long for them to realize the corrupting power of dark pixie. Its taint turned fairy against fairy. The Shadow Days, I whispered. The Shadow Days, Magborn confirmed. Countless fairies were lost in those senseless feuds, those brutal battles. Wings littered the enchanted forest. Finally, some of the fairies came to their senses. They buried the stones to hide their darkening power. It wasn't immediate, but the clans eventually awoke from their clouded stupor. And as you know, realizing their stupidity, they united and celebrated the return of peace and light with... The Festival of Light, Emerald finished. Mags pointed at her. I stared down at the stones. This isn't good. No, it is not, Magborn agreed. Digging up these stones could mean that Tim is bringing about a new Shadow Days. A Shadow Age, if he has it his way. Magborn looked away. Put them away, Scrub. I can't bear the sight of them. I could feel dark thoughts creeping in just being in their presence. I quickly packed them away. They're obviously critical to Tim's plan. We have to keep him from getting them. That we do. The Shadow Stones would explain Tim's growing power and influence. 
I've never heard of a dark one rising up so quickly. Nor have I. Not only has the toad risen the power quickly, but he's spreading the dark faster than ever before. Mags walked over to the living map on the wall, and Em and I followed. The living map never ceased to amaze me. It took up an entire wall of the room. Its intricate, colorful details not only popped out of the image, but were very real in texture. The oceans and lakes moved like real water. The mountain ranges jutted out towards us, and the snow on their rocky peaks was cold and real. Flames in the villages flickered and gave off heat. Grass in the hilly, praising prairies swayed in a breeze, and I could almost smell the wet, enchanted forest as rain poured over it. Tiny bolts of lightning flashed in the real foggy clouds as they drifted over the map. Magborn pointed to the large swaths of forest that were shadowed despite not being under cloud cover. Look here. Every day it grows. Every day more fairies join his army. Pretty soon it will cover the whole realm. And the last thing I want is a big, ugly, colorless map on my wall. I marveled at the darkened sections of the map. They were enormous, much larger than I'd originally thought. Why, half the realm was already shadowed. I held my breath as my eyes trailed down to Emerald Creek. To my relief, it was still in the light. Sun bathed the trees and pasture and glistened off the meandering creek. I tilted my head. Curiously, many of the surrounding areas had already been darkened. I pointed to it. Emerald Creek. How is it still? Magborn shrugged. Don't know. My spies tell me they're just fine at the moment. Either they're lucky, or the Dark Army hasn't seen fit to attack it yet. Or Tim isn't ready to confront his home kingdom. Or that, Magborn said. What do we do? Em asked. We do what pixie royalty are supposed to do, dearie. We assemble and strategize. I've called representatives from the remaining clans back to the Rose Kingdom to plan our next steps. Like I said, we'll have to work together if we want to take on the entire Dark Army. Em squinted between him and the map. So we're heading to... Magborn smiled. See for yourself... Em and I leaned in closer. There, sailing over tiny swells in the ocean, was us, the Jolly Leafer. And directly ahead of us was the Rose Kingdom. <gasps> oh, we can't wait! Emerald squealed. Simmer down, Fire. It's not as exciting as you think. I love my people, but they can be a little... How can I say it? Jerkwings, I suggested. Big-headed? Pompous? High and mighty and a little bit flighty? Magborn gave me a dull look. I was going to say stubborn. I'm going to cut your hair in your sleep. You better not, in case you haven't noticed you have long hair too. Aye, but mine's tied up in this neat braid, see? It's classy. Yours looks like a dirty web mop. Does not... Magborn looked at Em and she reluctantly agreed. We laughed. Em pointed to a little letter P slowly moving about in the Rose Kingdom. What's that? It's P for Pompous, I joked. Quiet, you. Magborn shook his head. 
I made that symbol to mark the whereabouts of the Pixie Knots. They've been helping a lot lately. <gasps> the Pixie Knots are waiting for us? Em got even more excited. Her wings fluttered. Magborn pointed at her and looked at me. Is everything this exciting to her? You should have seen her when she saw a butterfly when we first set off. She squealed so loud she wet her wings. Did not? Em punched my arm. Don't deny it. Butterflies are spectacular creatures. Magborn shook his head and laughed. Oh, it's good to have you back, Fire and Scrub. Good to have you back. Rocketeers, hope you enjoyed that episode of Winglings. Ah, so good to have Magborn back. I was just kind of chomping at the bit to get to this moment. I love the Will and M dynamic, but I was like, I gotta get some Magborn in here, right? We gotta get some Magborn. So here he is, Mags. Oh, love me some Mags. He's so cool. I'm excited for these next episodes. A lot of fun. I hope you guys are enjoying it. I want to thank my mom, Roxanne Webb, for helping edit the story, and Jeremy from Harmonious Ideas for helping edit the audio. And I want to give a few shout-outs. I understand Casey and Eloise are having birthdays coming up. Happy birthday, you two. Eloise, that's the name of my youngest daughter. Eloise is a beautiful name. Casey's a cool name, too. Happy birthday, you guys. I also want to thank Magnolia, Lucas, and Abigail for listening you guys are awesome. I hear you play Legos while you're listening to these stories. Look, that's what I'm talking about. Build yourself some crazy Lego creations. I want to challenge you. Let's see if you can build the Jolly Leafer out of Legos, huh? I want to see you do that next time you listen to an episode. That would be really cool. I'd like to actually see that. I also want to share an Apple review. This one's from E. Five stars says, Magborn, finally. This podcast is amazing. A few reasons I love this podcast is A, it is very educational. B, it is super entertaining. C, it's not only for five-year-olds like all podcasts now. D, it doesn't hurt my brain like almost any other podcast. And E, the episodes aren't like five minutes long, more like 30 to 40 minutes. And there are different stories for each season instead of the whole podcast being the same story. I'm going to say it again. This podcast is amazing. Oh, and sorry. This is from Isabella, age 11. Oh, Isabella, thanks so much for that review. And uh, I'm sorry if your brain is uh, in pain with other podcasts. Uh, I'm sure my stories give uh, some people some brain pain sometimes too. Um, But thank you so much. That's really, I love that review because there are some great podcasts out there, by the way. Other kids podcasts for sure. I I can name quite a few of them, but I love this uh, review just because you're talking about how 
there's a lot of thought that goes into the story, right? That sure, five-year-olds can enjoy it, but you know, 11, 12-year-olds, moms, dads, grandmas, grandpas can hopefully enjoy the storylines as well and get into them and, and listen together as a family. So awesome. Thanks so much, Isabel, for sharing that. I got a great review from John and Daniel saying that they're really enjoying Camp Dino. And I believe, Daniel, you're really loving Digger. So cool. I love Digger, too. My only regret with Digger is I almost wish I would have made it a little longer. You know, I knew it was going to be a standalone season. I don't really have plans to come back to it. I kind of wish I maybe would have given it even just a little more meat. I love it. I'm very happy with it, but I kind of wish I would have maybe given it a tad more love because I really enjoyed it. It's actually one of my favorite endings to the series that I've done. So anyway, if you haven't heard of Digger, go check it out especially some of you older kids out there. I think you'd really enjoy that one. Here's another review. I think I said I was going to only share one, but I'm obviously sharing more. This is one of my favorite podcasts. Keep up the great work. It says, me and my older sister love your podcast. We think it's amazing. Really, my favorite episodes are Camp Dino and Winglings and Space Train. I think maybe you got lost a little bit at one point, uh, but you really enjoyed it. Keep making episodes. And my Your dad's name is Greg, and that's the other reason you like this podcast. Oh, well technically his name's Gregory in your review. And guess what? Technically my name's Gregory, Gregory Allen Webb. But, uh, you know, usually only hear that if my mom's mad at me or something, Gregory Allen Webb. My mom didn't talk like that, but you know what I'm talking about. I also got a couple questions about uh, the theme song for Space Train Season 2. That is called Hero, and it's by Pink Zebra. You can find it, parents, if you probably Google that. Uh, um, Or parents, if you look it up on YouTube or something, it's called Hero by Pink Zebra, if you want to listen to it. There's actually this super cool choir version of it. If you Google that, one of the listeners found it because Pink Zebra did a choir um, arrangement for it so that, you know, choirs throughout the country, like high schools or whatever, can can sing it. Oh my word, it is so good. I got like chills. I almost got emotional listening to it and I'll probably have to use it in season three because it's that good. So good. Anyway, Rocketeers, thanks so much for listening. Please leave your reviews on Apple Podcasts, wherever you are listening. Shoot me an email or post on Instagram or whatever with any pictures you've drawn. I love it. Share everything you have. You guys are awesome. Till next time, this is your host, Greg Webb.